Hello and welcome to Kent and the Steering Team for another week. Uh, once again, you're joined by Drew and myself, Phil. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be with us this week. He's uh, out throwing the cat amongst the pigeons. Uh, anyway, Drew, how are yeah. you? Uh, loaded question. I'm I'm not too shabby. I'm feeling a bit creative. How are you? Feeling a bit creative. Well, I'm feeling uh, just swell. Thank you very much. Yes, just, just swell. swell. Just yes. swell. It's oh, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas, actually. Everywhere you go. I'm not going to do any more of these song lyric things. <laughs> uh, of, of course, I'm not going to. I won't reveal or where the place that we uh, work at is or our employee. Um, Probably, wise. but it's interesting. It's interesting that we don't have any Christmas-themed music playing at the moment, and I know exactly why we don't. Oh yeah, mm, it's because someone, thank God, has hidden the CD that comes in that has Christmas music. No, but no, no, no. I want the Christmas music. No, back. I do. I do not, because there is nothing worse than spending a day listening to Chris- the same three Christmas songs. On repeat, just in different variations and remixes, and then coming home, and then coming home to the household playing the exact same songs and the exact same remixes and going, oh, isn't it nice to listen to Christmas music? No, it is not if you've been listening to it for the whole day. I feel like I'm going to go insane and that I need to go into an asylum. I will miss Christmas because I'll be in a straitjacket in a mattress padded room. Drew. You're not you're not listening to the right Christmas music if that's the case. I'm listening to the same Christmas. Okay, there is a slight variation at wo- at work. It is more a uh, pop version of songs, and they're they're more the um, Western kind of bullshitty Christmas songs that are a bit more modern and not very uh, and festive, but not very special. Um, and when I go home, sure, there's a mix of that, and also those more choiry sort of original ones. Yeah. But nonetheless, I would rather hang myself from a string of tinsel than listen to <laughs> lots of Christmas music. Yeah. Now, so I'm happy now, to listen to it at home, but not at work. Now, I I just assumed that it wasn't playing at work because they decided to be politically correct about things and go, well, oh, no, 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 not, no. Not everyone celebrates Christmas, you know. I already got told that once when I wanted to decorate the department with tinsel, so. Oh, for God's sake. I know. I, I understand no. that not everyone celebrates Christmas, and that's fine. Everyone is entitled to their belief. But a country that is fairly Western, where it's a majority rules basis... Yeah. I think it's fine, especially if even TV commercials and Woolworths and everything is happy to do it. I think it's okay to dress up. It's meant to be an embracing sort of season, you know? Mm. Like, let's, uh, let's be real here. Australia is not, you know, going through a blizzard or in the middle of winter during our Christmas. No. I think it's fine for us to get into the spirit of having, like, you know, Santa hats and stuff like that. Like, things are designed for keeping you warm as opposed to, like, a, a hat or a fan. Like, 
why the hell can't we just get into the spirit of dressing up with this bullshittery? Like, come on. I think, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that my car trips to work and back have been filled with Bing Crosby wishes you a Merry Christmas. That's a great song. Oh, One of my favourites, actually. And I can stand it because I don't hear other songs at work that might dilute my love for it. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, Christmas... Presents. Presents for Christmas. We haven't ordered our jumpers. No. I think we've left it a little too late. Yes. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. It just means we get to go big on Christmas next year. Mm, we're, we're getting the ball rolling slowly. We're building up to a massive crescendo for Christmas 2018. We're also I'm building sure. up to a massive fan base for then, so that it's worthwhile. Yeah, literally, we're going to go out and buy a bunch of fans because nobody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Given that we have Christmas in summer, that seems most appropriate. Well, exactly. See, Christmas in Australia. Um, Christmas presents. Presents. Uh, <laughs> yes, presents. It is, as we get older, uh, we leave Santa to buy the presents for the youths and the children. The uh, Yeah, I don't understand why he leaves us out. Do we hit a certain age and he goes, no. Nah, it, it phases nah, out. You, you, you had your time. Out. Phases out and then it starts to become a joke amongst your parents where they write Santa on it because it's like, well, Santa's not bringing you the presents anymore. So now, haha. <laughs> You know, we got you the Santa present, ha ha ha. You know, the one they don't want to take credit for, but it's like the best one. Um, See, my sister and I chuck the reversal. We we write the Santa present for mum and dad. Oh, see, that's good. I uh, yeah. So, so but so Santa only comes to to one person in your household then. Well, it comes to well, yeah. Actually, now he does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And. Yeah, it comes to one person, and the rest of you guys have to pretend that you get Santa presents, because that's that adult joke that you do. Um, Whereas in situations like my household, we don't even do that. I mean, we used to, up until a couple of years ago, we used to have to go and buy a present for each person, and you'd feel really guilty if you didn't get everyone a present, so you'd have to be like, nah, gotta buy everyone a present. Whereas now, now we just buy presents for one person each. Um, A Kris Kringle, if you will, I guess. Um, yeah, we put our names into a hat, well, into a, a website, and it, you know, scrambles them and draws out a name, and you get given someone to buy presents for. That's Seems not bad. I, I mean, I, I like the idea of buying a gift for everyone, and everyone buying a gift for everyone, but it doesn't work for every family, every household, so, oh, it's cool. <laughs> I can, no, but I completely get it still. Like, I <clears throat> I guess it's because I'm the youngest in the family. It's kind of like I, I go along with what, again, majority rules, I guess. Um, and I guess because majority thinks it's a great idea, maybe I'm, I guess, more immature than everyone else just because I'm more immature than everyone else. Um, I agree that I think it would be nice to give it get everyone a present, but at the same time, when it comes to buying the presents for everyone, I feel like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown, so I kind of like the fact that I only have to buy presents for one person. Um, especially when we can put up anonymous 
wish lists for what, what we want. Um, mind you, I haven't filled my one out. If anyone's wondering what I do want for Christmas, it's a pair of, I guess if you haven't thought of something fine, which is clothes, it's always just go to get me clothes and care. Something that's cool. I have no taste in it. Um, uh, but if you, if you didn't have any ideas, just get me some Vans, uh, skate high tops in like a, uh, camo sort of green color. I have a pair of Converse's that are in a very similar color. Just have a look at them. They're in those colors. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I do like the idea of, of giving and receiving presents from everyone because I like opening presents, but I completely understand the idea of cutting down and yeah, being a little bit more grown up about Christmas. I completely get it. So I'm on board with it. Mm. See, saying growing up and Christmas together doesn't mix. But there's still the elements. Of, I mean, we, we still, I think it's almost a tradition where not even intentionally, we just all end up together for, for a, a, you know, a night, a, a Friday night, pizza night, and we, we end up watching the Santa Claus on the lead up oh, to Christmas. Yes. Generally, yeah, exactly. Generally, we're putting up Christmas decorations as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it tends to happen. We just, yeah. There's, there's growing up for Christmas, but then there's also still going back to the roots and the traditions. Like, again, I, my, my sister and I, uh, Sophia, who I'd like to go on a guest one day on this show as well, she and I used to, for many years, uh, watch I'll Be Home for Christmas. <laughs> what a great movie that was. And it would so always good. just be on. It'd be funny. We'd be just at home and we'd be watching TV and for some reason it would happen to be on TV. It kind of felt like we were cheating when I, I finally got a copy of it to watch. <laughs> um, just because we, we used to luck into it. Um, but yeah, there's traditions. It's kind of nice now because, you know, half of me is Norwegian. We do the Norwegian celebration on Christmas Eve. It's nice to do that and be able to enjoy that a little bit more as a, an adult, I think. So there's growing up and, and it's a good thing. But then there's also enjoying traditions. I don't think you have to be not grown up to enjoy Christmas. It's something that just encompasses you and goes through your entire life and you get to witness different stages of it and be a part of different stages of it. And it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it never stops being fun, no matter where you're at in your life. Unless of course you're in a Dimmix trying to buy a book one year and you're almost have a breakdown because you just can't work out the bloody system of books and stuff like that. That you happens stop, one year. You gotta stop buying your books at Kinokuniya. No, you just buy them on the book depository because then you don't have to go and oh. look around in a busy store with signs that say, oh, just all the books are in this order over here. Oh, no, but if you buy a book on the other side of the store, it's in a different order. Yeah, go and <laughs> get far away from me. I love the book depository. However, you got to make sure you put your order in early enough. Yes. Especially 100%. around Christmas. 100%. But, but on the topic of Christmas movies, how is your Christmas movie viewing so far this year? I'm guessing you haven't started yet. Hey, how did you know? I just knew. Because, actually, no, I know how I know. You would have said something already. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, I haven't no. started yet. But I've got a, I've got the movies that I have to watch. Bad Santa's on there. Uh, Love Actually. The Santa Claus. Um, Die Hard and uh, not sure whether they go to Die Hard 2 
as well, even though I don't like Die Hard 2. Or, yeah, I'll be home for Christmas. I have almost all of those in front of me on the shelf right now. I do not own the Die Hard films. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. You you know I'll get them one day. But I do have I'll Be Home for Christmas on DVD. Um, Let us run through the film collection for the Christmas movies. It won't take long. Start with the ones that you've already watched so far. The Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Polar Express. Mm-hmm. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Home Alone. Of course I've got to watch Home Alone. One and two, though. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I, I like Home Alone 3. I don't have time for three. I would like I don't mind three, but Home Alone 1 and 2. Macaulay Culkin's where it's at. I think that's all the ones I've already watched so far. However, and what's outstanding? What is outstanding? Mm-hmm. A Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yes. Uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. Jingle All the Way. Yes. Oh, yep. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, for Christ. Like I keep forgetting all these humdingers. Jesus. I don't have time. Elf. I never liked Elf particularly much. What? I think I need to rewatch it now, but I watched it when I was a child at the movies and I thought it was stressful. Oh. Very stressful. I had a choice when back in 2003 when it came out. I could either see Elf or Looney Tunes back in action. And I chose Looney Tunes and I have no regrets about that because I have seen plenty of Will Ferrell films in the cinema. However, Brendan Fraser does not do many films anymore, and neither do the Looney Tunes. Mm. So I, ma- I made the right choice. Plus, Steve Martin with bright orange hair as the head of the Acme Corporation. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than that. Anyway, where was my list? Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Home Alone 3 is with my sister, so it's not here. Christmas with the Cranks. Which is Christmas with the Cranks? That's the one where Tim Allen plays the anti-Christmas. Which one's the one with Matthew Broderick? I don't own that, but that is Deck the Halls. With him and Danny DeVito. Yes, I was about to say it's Danny DeVito. Yeah, look, I don't mind the shittiness of that. I've never seen it. You have to to go in there with a grain of salt. You have to realise you're about to watch something incredibly corny and crap, but I enjoyed it. I can cope with that. It is on um, TV. Alright, the next three are the absolute classics. The Santa Claus, mm-hmm. 1, 2, and 3. Which, if if you've never seen 2 and 3, just so you know, they are probably the most... Um, what's the word? They're the most loyal to the original films that you can watch, I think. I've oh, never yeah. watched a more loyal trilogy or a more similar trilogy because they... They keep their entire cast intact. Everything. Everything is exactly... They hung in there with everyone. It's awesome. Even even if the third film just lacks the magic, at least it kept the cast and... It did some things right. Yeah, it just meant that the um, chemistry was still there between everyone. It's just the, the pacing and the actual story lack a lot. But... They'd run uh, out of ideas. Yeah... 
I don't know. Um, Alright, next one is one of my personal favourites. Arthur Christmas. Is that the one with um, Vince Vaughn? No, that's Fred Claus. Again, I've never seen it. <laughs> Neither have I. Arthur Christmas is from Ardman. It's, um, it's a CGI one from them, but mm-hmm. it's really interesting, and it's got an excellent cast. James McAvoy, uh, Jim Broadbent, Hugh Laurie. Oh, and Bill Nye. And and they play between the four of them, that's three generations of the Cause family. <laughs> and next up, Love Actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is in my top three films of all time. Absolute classic. That's a great um, movie. By your insistence, the next one on the shelf is Bad Santa. Mm-hmm. Still not sure how I feel about it. It's, it's I a bit of... love Bad Santa. So it's, and look, I completely understand if someone doesn't like it, but at the same yep. time, I can't understand how people don't like it. For me, it's a love-hate thing because there's a lot of things in there that I just disagree with fundamentally, <laughs> but at the same time, I can appreciate a lot of the humour in it as well. What so... you need to watch, if you want to watch something completely different or something, or see how different a film can be, based off of how it goes in, on the cutting room floor, watch the director's cut. Because the director was less interested in doing, like, a comedy and more doing, like, a black comedy. And it is so different and dark. It's I don't even know if it falls into black comedy. It's just dark. The whole I thing think, is just dark. I think I watched the theatrical cut the first time with the intention that I would eventually watch the director's cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up on the list... A very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Am I weird that I don't like Harold and Kumar? That's really weird. I love Harold and Kumar. How do you not like it? Same sort of thing. It just stresses me out. They are pretty stressful, but yeah. they're still brilliant. And they got Neil Patrick Harris in there. Yes, they do. I They do, certainly. He's a legend. He is. And lastly, in my little Christmas trove of films is the Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Christmas comedy, The Night Before. Which I'm yet to watch. I do need to watch that one. I was about to say, is that uh, about to ask you about that one? They they are inspiration for Christmas sweaters. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. You just have it's, to look at the cover of the film. You can see it. But it's also a whole plot point. <laughs> Jesus. They're Christmas sweaters. You're in for a treat with that one. That's one to watch very soon for you. I like the I like the movie Four Holidays as well. I do too. I've only seen it once or twice, but I do I love like the it. scene where Vince Vaughn throws up. That's hilarious. It's like my favorite scene. I just love when when he's rumbling with his dad and brothers as if it's the most <laughs> normal thing, and they're, they're nearly killing each other. <laughs> it's oh, so Vince ridiculous, Vaughn. but so wonderful. Vince Vaughn's best movie besides Jurassic Part Two has got to be. Um, delivery man no delivery man yeah okay oh movie connection delivery man vince vaughn and chris pratt Pratt, fat pratt who have both been in jurassic films yes that's very very true interesting isn't it jurassic all right we have to talk about jurassic i think we're done with christmas yeah that's christmas for one year moving on Uh, no joking (laughs) (laughs) yes jurassic we have to Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Those previews. Holy crap. 
I'm still in. I'm very, very excited because there's nothing like seeing a Jurassic Park movie. Just absolutely nothing can fault the fact that you're going to go see a Jurassic Park movie or a Jurassic movie. Like, it's just awesome. You would just. I could it's not agree just more. The best thing. Do you know, given the passage of time, we, we can acknowledge which Jurassic films are good and which ones are not. Mm-hmm. And yet there is still such a thrill to watching any of them and nothing beats the first time you watch (coughs) any of them. The only one I don't remember the first time watching was The Lost World. I completely agree. I still can't remember the first time I watched that. I, like, it's, the movie is embedded in my brain, but I do not, and I I remember one of the first times I watched it, but I don't remember the definitive first time. I I remember, yeah, yeah. No, you go. I remember the first time I watched the first film. I remember the first time I watched Jurassic Park 3. And I remember the first time I watched Jurassic World. But I, for the life of me, I can't remember the first time I watched The Lost World. I can only remember the second time, I think, that I watched just the first one. Um, I can not remember the first time I watched the second one. I think I just said that twice. No, I can remember that. I can remember the second time I watched the first one. I think, and I can not remember the first time I watched the second one. I can remember going to the cinemas to see the third one, and then we came home after that with uh, Macca's chocolate sundaes and watched Jurassic Park Two, which was on TV, to celebrate the fact that Jurassic Park Three was on at the movies. Um, nice. Mm, and uh, I can remember watching Jurassic World. Because that was only like a year and a half ago. Yeah, but no, but yeah, year and a half. Jeez. But so with this new one, <clears throat> yeah, with this new one, I'm in. So based off of the trailers, what we saw was him saying Owen saying "run" and them running, and, um, and then, then saying it again. <laughs> yeah, then saying it again, and then there's a volcano eruption happening in the background. Uh, and then there's lots of running with dinosaurs and stuff like that. That's the first trailer we saw. I'm not sure how I feel about Jurassic World series yet. I know that I like I know I know that I do like them, but I don't know how much I like them. Well, we've only had one so far. But also still, I'm not so sure how I like that one. I like it because it's its own entity and all the things that all the critics were complaining about I thought were the most important things for it everyone whinged about how commercial it was with all the product placement and none of them understood that that was the whole point that it was done intentionally the Samsung Innovation Center no except for the Mercedes though Mercedes ones were just gave me the shits yeah because that one wasn't intent. That one was because Mercedes had to do it. Because Mercedes put a lot of money into that movie. They did. They did. But things um, like you know, like Samsung Innovation Center, Margaritaville being there. I think there was even an IMAX on the island. There's a Starbucks as well, uh, and yep. the the Verizon Wireless presents the yep. Indominus Rex. But it was um, all literally written into the script intentionally. But you see that a lot with movies. You see Marvel do that so much nowadays. And even even Transformers do that a lot. And and I, I don't see that as a bad thing. I think integration into the real world makes you feel a little bit more 
it feels a little bit more um, settled, what, what a little bit more we? hunkered down into the world. Oh, well, okay, here's, here's a good example of where we've seen it done really well this year. Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. With the Atari logo and the Sony and Coca-Cola logos and stuff like that. Exactly. It kept, kept making it feel real like it was on Earth still and it was a real environment in the future. And it was something they did in the original film as well. Mm. It just worked. But back onto Jurassic World, I, I, I thought that that was just part of the charm was, of course it got commercialized. Why is this even a discussion? Why, why is it a topic of conversation? Because of course it was going to happen. Wouldn't it be weird if they put up all these fake brands and businesses there on the island when you're watching the film? Where's, mm. where's the fun in that? One of, one of my favorite bits in Jurassic World is when the, um, when the pterodactyls are attacking all the people when they get out of the birdcage. Mm. And you see this guy in Margaritaville grab his drinks and run. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Jimmy Buffett, the guy that started Margaritaville. Oh, that's brilliant. Is it really? It really is. I'm going to have to go and, and rewatch that. And it's very intentionally him. And I noticed that the second I, I watched the film in the cinema, I was like, what? What my issue, though, with them, if we look at the first one and the second one, the third one kind of lost its way and it's almost what... The third like. one is like its own isolated adventure film. Yeah, especially now that it has no context to the story. Um, what I don't like about the most recent one, though, is that it doesn't feel... The writing that was in the first and second one was so good, and everything felt more real, and everything felt more less like a Hollywood story and more like you were watching the situation unfold. Whereas this more recent one felt a little bit more like it wasn't just an action movie. I never, I don't really class the Jurassic Park movies one and two as action movies. I know they really, they technically are, but I don't really class them as that. Like it doesn't feel like they're action movies to me. They feel like they're something else. They feel like they're dinosaur movies. Whereas Jurassic I, World feels like an action movie. And that's where I don't think I like it so much because it's got all the hallmarks of an action movie with the kind of witty comedy that's thrown into it as well just to try and make it a bit more lighthearted and less serious. And it's like, no, this is a dinosaur movie, not an action movie, and yet it's produced as an action movie. I argue that they are blockbusters. They're not, they're not action movies at all. I would never throw it in that category. If you had to use traditional categories of genre, mm -hmm. I would say sci-fi, adventure, romance, comedy, they all apply to it. Sci-fi adventure would probably top the list, mm -hmm. but it was it was the invention of the blockbuster. It, it was the movie that made that term what it is. And, yeah... I, I... Fair enough, but I, I still cl don't class... I, I class Jurassic World as a action, oh, it's an action blockbuster. It is. It is. And I don't, and I don't like that it is, because that's not what Jurassic Park movies should be. There shouldn't be this action blockbuster. That's what uh, the third one was. Mm, that's why I didn't like the third one yeah. as much. It felt like it lost its way. The other thing is the special effects. The special effects in Jurassic World, which was the really, according to them, the second movie in the series, or the, the sequel, direct sequel to the first one, you know, the graphics in it are 
or what they produced is worse and looks fake already compared to the first one, which was made in 1993, the year I was born. And that looks so much, but not a little bit better. It looks way better, way because, better. Because the, the ratio from puppetry to CGI was so different. Which is pathetic by nowadays standards that are showing how lazy they are in that they're using more animation, but they're doing a shit job of it. So it doesn't look it's not, like- It's not laziness, it's I think cheap. it's laziness. They're being cheap. Well, but, that. That's what I meant. They're being a yeah. cop out, and I don't However, appreciate that. Well, I I can put your mind a little at ease on that one. So there's one crucial scene in Jurassic World where they used the puppet, right? Is that the scene they, where the T Rex was at the window and it looked up while it was eating? No, no, that that's was sad. CG. No, no, the um, the the dying Apatosaurus in the field when when Owen and Claire go up and, and just sort of ease the dinosaur as she dies. Yeah, no, that, I knew that scene was, but that was yep. the least important yep. scene for having that. Like, I thought and, that... Yeah, and that was the one scene where they used a puppet. That was the only scene that they did that with in the looked, entire it, film. It did look really fake, though. Like, it did. Because... If you compare the Stegosaurus in the first one compared oh, to... Yeah. Compared to this Apatosaurus, this Apatosaurus looked like it was fake, like a robot. Whereas the Stegosaurus looked like it was a real bloody dinosaur. Well, regardless of how it looked, it was quite a success using it. And because of that, they're going back and they're doing more with the puppets in this film. Oh, thank fuck for that, then. Jesus. Like, I, I, I was so disappointed with how even at the movies where it always looks way better than on dvd or blu-ray it looked a lot of it looked animated and then i went back and watched the third one i uh, sorry the first one at home on a file version not a disc <laughs> version and yeah like how i said digital. that um and it still looked s- just so much better even the integration from puppet to uh, animation looked better it's a movie that aged well, the original. It's always aged well. And no movie ages well anymore. All movies look outdated by about two years in. We still like them because we like the story and we like what happens. And we might like what it looks like on screen. But all movies seem to age horrifically. Well, the Hobbit looked outdated, I think, before it was even released. That looked so crap. It was such a poor job of animation you, even before it was you, released. But when you look at movies like Jurassic Park or Back to the Future, because I'll always use that as an mm-hmm. example, they are timeless. It's they don't when they made it. They cared about movies more. Even of even even ET ages a little bit, a little bit. Titanic. Titanic. Ah, oh, yeah. Titanic's definitely aged. Yeah, it does. It ages phenomenally. There's one scene in it that looks animated, and that's that's the scene when they're doing the Jack and flying. That one scene is the one scene where it looks animated. Everything else have is a, real. Have a look real. at have a look at the scene where the ship splits and um, and the part that was in the air comes crashing down. The marriage of the practical ship, wait, wait the the model that they did it with versus the CG version. Cause they tried to line them up together. It mm. flicks out of focus for a second and it makes it look like it bounces in slow motion off the water. 
I'm gonna have to watch that as soon as we're done here. It's driven me nuts my entire life. It's just one scene where it flicks out of sync for a second. But then there's a scene where the guy falls and hits the propeller. What a way to go that is. Oh my, you're jumping off the Titanic being like, oh, I gotta get out of here, and you hit the propeller. God, it's that whang sound. Yeah, the sound of the metal when well. he hits that. It's just the, phenomenal. Blood the sounds, I love the sounds of like cables snapping. So when the cables are snapping on the the, uh, uh, the funnels, it, the, the funnels that yep. that sound is awesome. Also, one of my other favorite sound effects. Anyone out there that knows sound effects or where to get them from, hit me up, please, on Facebook at Kent of the Steering Team. Um, <laughs> on my personal Facebook page, uh, the the sound on Jurassic Park when the T Rex is leaning on the fence for the first time when the power goes out on the fence. Oh, the and that's that that yeah that sound of the cable snapping is just oh, it's one of my favorite sound effects. I wonder what the I wonder what the foley artist used for that because I can't find it anywhere. I've tried to Google sound effects and everything like that, and I can't find it anywhere. Hmm. Have you don't own a copy of the film, do you? Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. On DVD? Yeah, of course I do. Go through your special features because there are a ton on on it. Okay. I'll well, we'll do that. I have three... Do you know I have three copies of Jurassic Park? Jesus Christ. One's in my Spielberg director's collection, which was unavoidable. Mm-hmm. One, one is in my Jurassic Park DVD box set that I've had for well over ten years. Mm-hmm. And I bought it again when the 3D Blu-ray came out. I don't blame you for that. Yeah, well, you are one of the rare few that understands because you also have a 3D TV. Yep. I didn't buy it with that intention, it just was. Yeah. No, I got mine at a time when 3D TVs were quite common. And Isn't it amazing also- how that fad's gone? Yeah... Tell that to my vast collection of 3D films. No, I know they still make them, but it is mostly gone. Even at the cinemas. Remember when every single film, even like completely irrelevant films that didn't need it, came out in 3D? Oh, yeah. You could almost go see like a rom-com in 3D. It's like, what's the point? I don't know, 3D. I wonder if if the appeal will return with James Cameron's Avatar films. 150 million percent. Ah, since we're since we're on the movie topic anyway, I do have one bit of reeling news that I believe merits a discussion. There's been some rumblings that Fox are looking to sell the 20th Century Fox Film Corporation to Disney. We spoke about this off air a little while ago, didn't we? We did, and and the deal went cold about a week or two ago and now it's picked back up again and it looks like an announcement could be made any day now where wow what a, what Fox, a superpower that would be they will keep their news and their sports however they will sell all their film and television programming to the Walt Disney company now, now that's interesting here in Australia for Foxtel yeah, well... Because <sighs> Disney movies can stay on Foxtel then. They can. Oh, sorry. Fox movies can stay on Foxtel then. Yeah. No, wait. Disney movies can stay on... I don't know. You know what I mean. Well, well, 
does it destroy Foxtel? That's the other question. I doubt it. Because it's got a co-owner. Yeah, true. Telstra. Um, the more interesting aspects of this are things such as the X-Men films will very likely fold into the MCU. Of course. And Deadpool. I would. I got an article saved on my computer to read at a later date where Deadpool might appear in the MCU or might be part well, of the MCU. Well, Ryan Reynolds is not a fan of Disney getting their hands on Deadpool because he knows that that might spell doom for the liberties he is allowed to take with the character. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, don't don't muck around with something that works really well. And they've set Deadpool as a precedent in that R-rated category. And then they followed it up with Logan in the R-rated category, which is also mega successful. So it's almost like they've set their own little niche for these individual cam- cam- uh, characters. And any way that they fit but into will, the MCU almost needs will, to be within their realm. But will Disney allow Fox to keep running as they are? I think so. I think to meddling too much. I think they'll will, take will what they, they want. Like they'll yeah. integrate the, the X-Men and Fantastic Four and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but I don't think they'll like stuff around with things that doesn't need to be stuffed around with. I think it's a travesty that they can't just have X-Men and you know, uh, Fantastic Four and even, you know, uh, you know, Spider-Man permanently part of the, the MCU. But, you know, I think that this will allow that to happen and they all kind of run at the same sort of tempo or the same sort of, um, audience anyway. Whereas I think Deadpool and even Logan in the last one set itself apart and ran to a different audience. And I don't think they'll muck around with something that's actually working as it is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, I, I have a lot of concerns about this happening. I, I find it a little bit terrifying that Disney would be allowed to have such a monopoly. However, however, 20th Century Fox own eternal film rights to the original Star Wars, which is why Disney have not released any kind of significant box set of all the films yet. Also, the fact that the rights to episodes... One, two, three, five, and six do not actually revert to Disney until 2020. But if they buy out Fox, they get all of Star Wars. Everything. Which is mega. That's huge. Wait, what, do you, can, what did you say? What did you mean by the rights don't go to Disney till 2020? Episodes one, two, three, five, and six do not go from Fox to Disney until 2020. But then Star Wars original Star Wars, i.e. A New Hope, yep. stay, would, would have stayed with Fox anyway would forever. Have, w- yeah, unless Disney mm-hmm. somehow bought it off them and they had sure. no interest in selling it. So Sure. But imagine imagine all the IPs that go with Fox over to Disney if this happens. The well, Avatar James films. Stuff, yeah. Yep, James Cameron's, all of his work that was done with Fox. So... Titanic. That's not actually very much. Well, Disney shot or Disney produced the Titanic documentary Ghosts of the Abyss with James mm. Cameron. Um, Disney are building the Avatar Land at Disneyland at the moment. So oh, James Cameron's already got a working relationship with Disney. I'm sure it would still be run as its separate entity. They just pick and choose what they want to be able to integrate with their, with their films and not have the red tape of a different brand. You'd hope so. Needed. Well, I would assume so. I think it wouldn't make sense for them to almost... 
I think to make yourself look like a monopoly would be bad news for them because it would crush interest yeah. in the industry. So I think they'd run it separately and be like, these are two separate companies, but we want that, we want that, we want that. I wouldn't want to see anything like the Simpsons and Family Guy get squashed in in the process. I doubt it would. I, I Yeah, I reckon they'd run as separate companies, but they'd pick and choose. They'd like cherry pick what they want. Which is the way it should be. But either way, it's exciting news hmm. and may well, or may they, not happen. But we can see what they've done with Star Wars, like franchises like, you know, Pixar and Marvel and Lucasfilm. They've done positive things for them. So they, I, I have confidence that they went. I mean, if it was Disney, like from 2002, I think I'd be like, oh my God, this is going to be horrific because it's just like crap, like crappy American garbage. But now it's, I have confidence in them. They understand that they don't have to just make everything Disney princess or like high school musical rubbish for it to be good. Hey, 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 be nice about high school musical. That's scrap. Moving on. Um, It's not. It is absolute scrap. Have you watched all three of them? I would rather end myself. So, no. Because I'm not. So, your opinion is invalid. For being so bored and uninterested and just disgusted by what I was watching at the corniest and cringiness that I turn it off. No, I think my opinion is valid. No. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. Drew, come on. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I guess almost the last, second last topic of the day before our final you know, Before our favorite. Topic. <laughs> uh, last topic of the day is something that I wanted to talk about. Because, so when I went traveling around America, or well, a bit of America in 2016, uh, I... I went to Austin for a Formula One race, a car race, if you don't know what I was talking about. Um, and, uh, well, there I met a lovely couple um, who were just fascinated by the fact that I was over there on my own and there to watch a Formula One race and was happy to go all out because it was just me and it's a wife, uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience. Got to talking with them. I've had text message correspondence with them throughout this entire year, um, normally around the same time that every or each race is on just to get their thoughts and feelings and they want to hear mine. Um, so it's been great. It's been really interesting. Uh, I told him I was disappointed to not be there this year, but uh, my plan is, and my firm plan is to be there for the race next year. And uh, during the week, I got sent a package from them. Um, I got a text message from them before that saying, hey, if you need anything from the race, let us know. We'll pick it up. We'll send it to you. No problem. And I said, no, no, no. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Uh, I got a text after that saying... We've sent something in the mail, uh, or we're sending something in the mail. Where do you want us to send it to? And then this week I got a package in the mail, and it was stuff from the race. They bought it for me and sent it over, which was phenomenal and so kind and so unexpected. And, yeah, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all I got to say on that. Other than, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I really appreciated that. Um, Then, obviously, not going to listen to this. I don't even know that this exists. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, the two of them were so kind to send it, and it was so nice to, to have that kind of connection with someone over there. Um, and the fact that they were bothered to send it was just, yeah, so cool. It's so nice. that the, the, the kindness in this world is brilliant, isn't it? Sometimes you just get those situations where it's like, man, I didn't deserve that. You know, uh, these people are way too kind and way too good, but there you go. There are some truly good eggs out there. 
Hundred percent. So I'm more de- I'm more committed and dedicated to going back to Austin for the race next year, specifically so I can go and personally thank them and shake their hands, even give them a hug. We'll see. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I just no, wanted to give good. them a shout out, really. And they deserve it. They it's do. not often that we find people like this anymore. No, that's right. It's uh, just everyone's becoming. I don't know everyone's distancing themselves from one another. That's yeah, how it feels, isn't it? Well, it's true. I mean, if you look at the way people have online relationships and then in reality relationships, by relationships, I don't mean like, you know, uh, proper love relationships. I mean, just interactions with other people. You can have a completely different persona or interaction with someone than what you would online. Um, just because well, it's, you're a completely different person. There's no emotion. There's no honest emotion online. It's impossible. I I, I take it you engaged as much as anyone our age did Mm. through MSN all Mm -hmm. through school? More or less. Did you have our friends where you spoke to them for hours on end on MSN and then you go to school the next day and you'd be lucky to get a hello from them? Well, not just that though, but you just get a very different personality from them. Yeah. Just such a different vibe or or they just and and they wouldn't mention the fact that you guys talk mm-hmm. online it's it's like you guys were just there were two different friendships there was the in-person friendship mm. and then the online one even the even to the extent of um more honesty from someone behind this wall than you would in real reality yeah it's amazing how trusting people are when they feel like they've got that barrier there to protect them. I don't like it. It's a bit scary. It's 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 making the world less genuine because there's no emotion to what you say or or you don't feel like you're portraying something with emotion because you can easily end something with haha and that means oh it's all good I'm not serious I'm not laughing but really you could be blowing up deluxe at someone and it just means nothing because you said haha or lol. I yeah. I don't like the insincerity of online but anyway, it's part it of the It drove sport. me nuts in a conversation I was having with someone the other day. They were sending me, like, like we're having a conversation through Snapchat, which, of course, is not the, um, the most wonderful form of communication. And they were writing messages to me. And I, I just, I was like, no, I, I'm frustrated. I got, I got to convey emotion in the mm-hmm. response to them. And I just started filming and I just spoke to the camera back to them and just sent them video after video every time and they'd write and I would just send the video response back because I can't convey the same emotion or the same inflections in mm. the speech and I thought no I got, I, I got to be able to be me otherwise the points I make are invalid well it's almost like sarcasm like it's such a basic thing but you notice someone types something and you you know, someone will respond seriously and then, you know, the person will respond, oh, no, that was sarcasm. Well, how the hell am I supposed to know that sarcasm? You didn't write it in any sarcasm font. It's just a message typed up to me. I can only take it how I portray it in my own mind, reading your sentence. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes it bloody difficult. It does. That's true. Um, I think Drusif, as it's now 40 seven odd minutes in um mm-hmm. 
I think it's time we uh, get to a special segment, our favourite segment, the Indeed. compulsory one, Indeed. besides the intro. It is time mm-hmm. for Sick Kent of the Week. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, do you have a nominee? I have a dual nominee. Do you have a nominee? Uh, not as yet, so let's hear yours while I scramble to think of one. Mine, are, uh, my dual nominee is uh, R, is slash R, Tabor and Suzanne, who were my lovely friends who sent me the stuff from Austin, Texas. Again, oh, it, it was such a... It made me feel so good to receive that, and it was so kind of them, and I was so blown away, away by it. Um and the the fact that they were bothered to send it, bothered to pay for postage, bothered to buy the stuff at the track to someone that they'd met, like, for collectively probably about six hours across a four-day period um, was just so phenomenal. Uh, It meant so much to me, and it was so nice that I'd had that impression on them that they were bothered to do it. Um, And whether it's just down to the goodness of them or whether it was down to how I came across to them whatever it was was awesome and so i think that they are they are my nominee yeah all right i can go with that yeah this is a that's good it means that it is a this segment is being given to those that deserve this week and it is definitely those two so suzanne and Tabor, you are my sick kent of the week nominee and you are our sick kent of the week it's not often niceness gets rewarded. No, we all have to look back and remember the time that we gave it to the kid. Remember the kid? The one that was claimed to have been uh, inappropriately touched by his teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows the, shows the uh, bipolarness of this show. <laughs> I love oh, it. We're, we're constantly scattered. Uh, little known secret listeners we never know what we're going to talk about until two minutes before we record that's <laughs> true we didn't even know we didn't even know who i was going to nominate for the sick end of the week and i genuinely didn't know if you had someone or not lined up <laughs> I, I did not but it but i briefly uh, crossed my mind as you told the story on the show i thought oh they, they, they could they could be good for it it's it's funny though i get told all the time uh, you know I think it would it'd be sharp if you if yeah if you guys like structured it like wrote down like what like um what you're going to talk about in the different points of each so- each topic yeah bullshit we haven't even thought of them before we hit record <laughs> it's impossible ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie uh, it's all for me to edit out all the parts before where we talk and think and stuff um but anyway that's uh yeah that's the show next week is going to be nearer to Christmas than what we are currently and hopefully Phil will have seen the night before. I highly doubt it, but we'll see. I'll tell you what, if you watch that, I'm I will I will endeavor to find a time to watch Die Hard 2, even though you say it's bad. Oh no, no. watch Die Hard 1. Die Hard 1 is a Christmas movie. Don't watch yeah. Die Hard 2. Yeah, but I've seen Die Hard 1. Well then watch and, Die Hard with a Vengeance, because that's my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah. one. Oh, here's a really, really, really big deal. Next week's episode. By the time we record we will have seen star wars the last jedi because we will be coming home from the cinema and recording the episode 
It's going to be like three yeah. in the morning on Thursday. I know, I know. You up oh, for Jesus it? Jesus Christ, yeah, of course. God, I, I don't think <laughs> we're going to be able to sleep after that film anyway. No, that's true. Well, I'm going to have to be up editing the bloody thing, so I'm going to be up till about five in the morning. You don't have work that day, though. But I have to be up editing, and then I have to be at work the following day, which means then I have to have a good sleeping pattern, and I have a horrible sleeping pattern. Well, then what do you want to do? No, we'll record it then. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just complaining about it. You know, you know what I think I'm playing about. I'll do it, but I'm just complaining about it. I know. I know. I was, I was giving you the out if you wanted it. <laughs> nope, we're doing but that. But guys, guys, we will have seen The Last Jedi, and we will very likely be giving our first thoughts and review of it on this show. Mm, exactly. Oh so, my goodness. I, I'm beware. so excited right now. You're in for a scare. Uh, yeah, uh, next week that's what's happening, and, uh, yep, I was going to open up a calendar, but then I can't be bothered opening up the calendar, I was going to see how many episodes we've got before Christmas, but I think that next week will be the last, no, two, two Two before Christmas, three, three until the end of the year, oh my god, okay, um, well, Without further ado, I think it's time that we wrap up. This is the last week where you'll be hearing Soul as the intro and outro to the show next week. Stay tuned for the fresh intro. Uh, so, may the force be with you. And Absolutely. Uh, yep. I, 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 I,